The new year is often a time of reflection. A chance to look back on the past 365 days and remember. Sometimes the memories bring a smile. And other times, they break our hearts. Chances are you've experienced a bit of both this past year. The new year is also a time to look ahead. To imagine what could be. To scan the horizon with expectation. And seek God's guiding hand. It's a time to strive for better. To live louder. Love stronger. And be more of who God has created us to be. It's an opportunity for new beginnings. A chance to start fresh. To pursue God with a renewed passion and to press on with all our hearts. The truth is, God has been faithful this past year, and that faithfulness promises to carry us through the next. As the new year begins, may we remember this one simple truth. In Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. I mean, I know that after the holidays, maybe we're all tired. We just want to come to church and relax and a little bit of quietness. But it's the first of the year. It's the first of the year. I mean, I, I, I rather start with, with, you know, a lot of encouragement and a lot of all the good stuff that God has for us. Uh, because I believe God has a lot of things before us, uh, ahead of us. Uh, for uh, 2023, the old, uh, the old, it's gone. The new has come. So 2022, it's gone. Um, whatever past, past. No matter what you do, it's already past. So it's important to stay focused on what it is and what it's going to be, what's coming uh, before. Uh, so welcome to Grace Norwalk. And if you're here for the first time with us, we're so glad that you are here uh, with us, and we're thankful that you are taking the time to be here with us. Um, uh, the, uh, and, and, and remember, we are here to help people find and follow Jesus. Uh, when, I hear, uh, when I hear something like this, the old is gone, the new has come, and I think about, you know, uh, leaving the, old, the, 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 the year that we're just done with, the 2022, and coming into the new year, 2023, um, it's a lot of things that come into my head, and uh, uh, let me remind you, uh, Pastor Roy just gave a, a lot of uh, the announcements that uh, a lot of times when we talk in the staff meetings, we realize that sometimes people uh, are not paying attention because they might have other worries. We understand that, but that's why we repeat it over and over and over. So let me remind you uh, the schedule also uh, for Fridays. There's no more Bible studies on Wednesdays here at church Starting this week is going to be uh, Friday. It's going to be our new uh, Bible, our new day for Bible study during the week. Bible study. Our also our own Spanish ministry will begin uh, as an official ministry on February 12th on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock. So if you have uh, people who speak Spanish, if you have uh, neighbors, if you have people who speak Spanish in uh, you know in, in your 
friendships, uh, just uh, invite them over. Feel free to do that. Um, uh, and one of the things I want to explain uh, very quick before we get into the sermon about the Spanish ministry. Um, I heard this expression a few times, and I know people don't mean anything bad by it. So don't think I'm, 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 I'm criticizing you or I'm pointing the finger at you. I just heard this a few times already, uh, where, where people have said, um, well, you know, um, your ministry or, or you know, um, you're teaching a Bible study to your people. So let me, let me explain something to you. The Spanish ministry that we're studying is our ministry. It's not my people. It's not my ministry. So I want to make sure we understand that. Because even if you say that, it's, very, it's a very dangerous way of expressing yourself. Uh, so let me, as your pastor, and I love you, I want to make sure you say it the right way. So it's our Spanish ministry. This is a ministry. You know, you know how we have a youth ministry to reach out young people? You know how we have children's ministry to reach out children? You know how we have a woman's ministry to reach out women? Women's in, in, in the church? So now we're going to add a Spanish ministry that belongs to the church. The church is us. Us. We are the church. Now we're developing. We are starting. We are beginning another ministry that's part of our church. That is our Spanish ministry. So I would really appreciate if we all learn to say, you know, we have a Spanish ministry. This is our Spanish ministry. So it's just a, a little bit of, a, a little bit of, you know, something, something there to think about. And on Sundays, uh, we are checking in kids now at the Grace, uh, Kids Grace Zone now too. It's a V105. So kids are checking in. Uh, hopefully they're checking in like 15 minutes before. Uh, and talking about our kids ministry, Pastor Roy mentioned about the, um, the, uh, the need, the great need that we have for, um, uh, kids workers. Kids workers, we have a great need right now. So 2023 is a year where you can come and say, hey, you know what, I want to serve in the church, I want to do this. You have to, you have to be able to, uh, you have to be willing to learn and be under the Word of God and be uh, letting your life be led by the Word of God. So you have something uh, you have something to give to those kids when you're teaching those kids. So uh, we're encouraging you that if um, if you think God is calling you to the kids ministry, talk to uh, Jude, uh, Judith, uh, and she will talk to you and let you know exactly what we need from you. Uh, but she's also doing a training on the seven. Uh, next week on the 7, 9 o'clock, uh, she's doing a training for all uh, the teachers and the new uh, curriculum that she is uh, going to be using. So, having said all that, the holidays are over. Holidays are over. So maybe that's where we're kind of like, uh, and after the storm last night, um, it, was a, it was a tough one. I was driving on the 14 freeway around 10.30, at, no, around 8 at night. And on the 14th freeway, you can feel it. I was about to turn around. I was going to my nephew's house. Uh, he lives in the valley. I was coming from Lancaster. I had to call my son and tell him, do not drive. Uh, that thing was horrible last night. It was, it was really bad in that area. Uh, so, um, so we got a storm. We got a lot of stuff. So 2022, we can remember a lot of things about 2022. But the best is it's coming. The best is coming because what is... Uh, God has a lot of good stuff for us um, ahead of us this year. So the holidays are over, and I love the holidays. One of the reasons why I love the holidays is because we eat a lot. 
we eat a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I ate a lot. I probably gained like another five pounds. I keep on nagging about my weight. And it's like I already, uh, I already know that. Um, we see family. And it, it's, it's a great thing. I hope you were able to see your family. Holidays are a great time uh, to express things. Uh, telling family and friends how much we love them, how much we care for them, um, how much we appreciate them. Uh, but I'm glad the holidays are over because of that, because of the food part. You know, if not, we don't stop eating. And, and so we, we, we eat a whole lot. And then uh, January 1st come, and what do we do? We go on a diet, right? We go on a diet. And then we, we plan all these workouts, and you know, we, we plan all this stuff. So... So I was thinking about that, and um, thinking about that, I want to talk to you guys about how to feed our faith. Imagine if we were to feed our faith the same way we feed ourselves during the holidays. It'll be amazing. Our, our faith, our faith will be very strong. How do you feed your faith? And starve your fears. I don't know what your goals are for 2023. But I, I do hope that one of your main goals on 2023 is that you will grow in your faith. That you will feed your faith. Where you're going to be growing. That you will starve your fears. So that your faith keeps on growing. And so today, New Year, New Sermon Series, Faith Forward. Our sermon title today is Faith Over Fears. How to feed your faith, how to starve your fears. So to start a new year, I believe, I personally believe, um, we need to start with faith in our lives. If you start a new year and you don't start with faith, you're in trouble. We're in trouble if we don't. Why? Because it's a new year. A lot of uncertainties. A lot of changes in our lives. A lot of transitions. And when you are in transition, you definitely need faith. I mean, our church is not the only one in transition. We just, we're in transition from one year to another year. Some people are in transition from job to job. Not having a strong faith during all transitions in life can be discouraging. Because in the process of transitioning in life, you will see and you will face a lot of changes. And you will, cha- you will face a lot of things that, are, that you're not used to. And you're going to have to be uncomfortable for a little bit until you get used to it. It's just reality. Last year, I transitioned from the Lancaster Church to Norwalk. And guess what? I needed faith. I didn't know you guys. You guys didn't really know me. We all need a faith. Not just me. You guys need too. So we all need a faith in transitions. I remember talking to uh, Rick, the previous pastor before me, talking to him last year about his transition uh, when he went back from here to Philadelphia. And one of the things we were talking about is how much faith did he need to go back over there and knew that God was going to take care of him. 
I was talking to uh, I was talking a little bit to Cheryl this week, and she was uh, we were talking about how she's transitioning from uh, financial director to another position to other stuff uh, that she's going to be doing in church. And, and when you transition in that stuff, I had to have faith, making sure that somebody is going to come and cover that position that she's been doing. And God answered the prayer. Uh, Clancy is going to be doing that. Uh, Jude, for example, Judith, our new kids director, transitioned into a new role, kids director. Uh, we got a kids director coming from another country, another situation, a lot of uncertainties in that ministry, uh, coming from another country to another culture. you got to have faith when you're transitioning in these things. Our very own Pastor Roy will be transitioning out of uh, Norwalk in about a month from now. Uh, new options... For Pastor Roy, new opportunities. Um, he's got to have faith. He's got to have faith to go through this. And uh, for whatever he's going or however he feels God is leading him. We all have to have faith. Faith that God will cover every and each of the areas in ministry and in our own lives. we got to have faith when we're going to transitions. Our church is going to transitions. We just, this is our first official service at 1045. And I promise you, we're working on it. We're going to be working on it because today we, uh, you know, it's, this is our first one. We're working on it. So new year, new, new, new year transition, we need faith. And if you don't have, let, let me just remind you of this. If you don't have a strong faith, during the transitions, which we are always in transitioning life, you will be discouraged easily. Because if your faith is not strong, that means your fears are overtaking your faith. You, 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 know, you know who's faith's worst enemy? A lot of people would say it's unbelief. No, it's not. It's not. Faith's worst enemy is fear. Faith works enemy is fear. A lot of times we are not strong as we should be in our faith, not because we don't believe, but because we're afraid of taking that step of faith. We're afraid of making that decision that God wants us to make. A lot of times we're just afraid, what's it going to happen if I do this? What's it going to be like if I do that? And a lot of times God is telling us, God is giving us His promises, God is assuring us through His Word that He will take care of it. And a lot of times we're just afraid to step out in faith. A lot of times we're just afraid of that. Unbelief comes as a result of our fears. It's faith works enemy. It's fear. Of all the oppressive emotions... We experience as human beings, you know that fear is probably one of the most powerful emotions that we as human beings experience? We experience so much fear. Fear all over the place. Fear that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fired from work. Fear that things are not going to come out the way I want, to, I want it to come out. Fear that I will marry the wrong person. Fear, fear, fear that my kids are not going to be good kids when they grow up. And we, we're always experiencing this fear. It's one of the most powerful emotions that we go through. Fear is the enemy of faith and that rises up uh, against us throughout our whole life. 
Fear is something we definitely feel. But we have to realize one thing about fear. That more than just an emotion, it is a spiritual enemy. Fear is your, also your spiritual enemy. I mean, as we read in the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear does not come from God. Fear is often a fruit of a sinful nature that we experience daily in our lives. A, a nature that tends to believe the worst. The, the, the reason that you see a lot of times negative people, or people just being pessimists all the time, is because a lot of times the root of that is that they're afraid. They're afraid of trusting in the Lord. So in 2023, we are faced with a decision. Are we going to feed our faith? Or 2023, am I going to feed my fears? What are you going to decide? You have to make a decision for yourself. You have to make a decision for your family. You have to make a decision for your own ministries within the church. Or your church family. Am I going to feed my fears? Or am I going to feed my faith? We need to learn how to feed our faith. Because in, if, 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 we don't, if we don't feed our faith, we'll starve our faith and feed our fears. And our fears will get stronger. There, there's an illustration that, uh, I don't know if you, I'm sure you probably heard the tales of the two, uh, the two wolves. The, a Cherokee Indian is telling his grandson um, that there are two wolves within you, one bad and one good. And the grandson looked at the chief and, and said, so, so which one's going to live in me? And the chief told the grandson, he said, well, the one that's going to live in you is the strongest one. And the strongest one is the one you feed. So, is it faith? Or is it fear that's going to live in you? Which one's going to be the stronger one? There's a great story, which that's the one we're going to look at it today. Chapter 13 and 14 in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. I'm sure you guys are, you guys have been coming to church for a long time, most of you guys. I'm sure you guys know this story, but I'm going to go over a little bit uh, this story. Um, the great story that we find here in, uh, in Numbers chapter 13, verse, um, chapter 13 and 14, um, it's about, it's a great illustration about what we're talking about, about fear and faith. It's a story about 12 spies who went to the promised land, to the land God had promised them, and they came back. And in this case, 10 of them, we know the story, 10 of them came back very negative, And only 2 of them came back positive. 10 of them said, you know what, uh, there's no way we can do this, even though God was telling them, do it. And so God's telling them, do it. And they're saying, no, we can't do it. And only two of them came back saying, definitely, we can do this thing right now. We, take, we can take care of business right now. And so we're going to read the scriptures that I'm going to be giving you in a minute. And they're gonna, all going to appear on the, on, the, on the screens, on the TVs. And, um, and as we read the scriptures, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to give you some observations about people that are full of fear. 
Today I want to focus on the people that are full of fear, that they feed their fear and not their faith. Next week, we're going to talk about how to feed our faith. And, and what are the results of feeding our faith? And what are the results? Today we're going to talk about what are the results of feeding our fears. So, as we read this, we're going to make some observations. And, and, and I hope that you will, you, know, you will consider, how is this applying to my life? How is this fitting into my life? So we're going to talk about what fear does to a person if they choose to feed their fear over their faith. So let me, let me start by asking you a question. Do you consider yourself a person of faith or a person of fear? You'll find out today. But what, are you, what do you consider yourself? What do you consider yourself? So, uh, what happens when you decide to feed your faith instead of... When you decide to feed your fear instead of your faith? Number one, let me establish in a scenario here. Let me establish the, the, the set here. The people of Israel had just come out of Egypt after, you know, over 400 years of slavery. They come out of Egypt. God's taken them through, uh, you know, through the desert opens up the Red Sea, gets them through the Red Sea, kills, kills their enemies, and then they nag about not having enough water over there, not having sweet water, and they want sweet, not, not normal water, not sweet, but normal water, and they nag about that because the water that they were getting was a little bitter. And so they know that they want a different type of water. So God gives them water. Then they, they, they wanted food. God gives them food. They were nagging and nagging and nagging. Through the whole time, God is free, has freed them from slavery. Taking them through the desert. Taking them through the Red Sea. It's feeding them. It's giving them water. It's taking care of them. And through all this, they finally get to the place where God's telling them. God tells Moses, you guys are going to conquer. This is the land that I have for you. And so they step right outside the land, and Moses says, so okay, let me send 12 spies. And the 12 spies that I'm going to send, I'm going to send them so they can scout the land, they can see, they can check it out, they can see where we're going, and and what are we going to be facing. He wants to be a smart guy about going in, and and so they come back. So this is what God says He was going to give us, but they come back, and they come back with a lot of fear. In them. So, one of the first things, one of the first observations as we read the scriptures that we're going to be reading right now, is that the people of fear, they experience the same thing. Notice that 10 came back, 10, 10 are, are we going to read what 10 come back negative and 2 come back positive. So, it's important that we understand that people of fear, they experience the same things in life. They experience the same thing. People of faith experience. So people of fear and people of faith experiencing the same thing throughout all the experiences. And they are exposed to the same things as people of faith. We're all given, for example, it's just like saying we're all given a new year. God has given you a new year ahead of you just like He has given me a new year. But we're all going to react different. And that's going to depend on what we have in us. How you react is going to depend what you have, what's in you. 
So, they were all exposed to the same thing. There was nothing different for, for, for any of them. And isn't that interesting? That sometimes, we think that people of faith just have it better. Because they have been exposed to better things in life, and better this, and better that. Oh, they have faith, or they're strong in their faith because things are going well. No, everybody's exposed basically to the same things in life. We're exposed to a lot of stuff, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things that come our way. So it is not true that people of faith, or people who have grown, who have grown in their faith and are strong in their faith, it's not true that they have it better. And so we're going to look at the story, and we're going to go through it, and we'll get to the first point um, in Numbers chapter 13, verse 23 through 26. It says that when they reached the valley of Eskol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. So they got there, and they got proof of what was the land like. They got a cluster of grapes. Two of them carry it on a pole between them. So they were huge grapes. Along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eskel because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelites cut off there. At the end of the 40 days, so these guys were scouting the land for 40 days. They were checking it out for 40 days. They returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Param. They, there, they report to them and to the whole assembly and show them the fruit of the land. So they saw how beautiful it was. And there is God telling them, this is what I have for you. They all saw the same thing. But ten of them were negative, and two of them were people of faith. Another thing that is obvious when we read these first verses right here, is that they saw the evidence of good things. They even took evidence with them. They not only look, they saw it, they, they look at it, they saw it, but also they brought it with them. So in verse 27, if we go ahead on verse 27, they gave Moses an account, it says in verse 27. So they, they give a report. This is what we saw. This is what, what, what we, this is what we, we, we brought. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does, it does. It's an, abu- it's, it's an abundance. Everything is in abundance. And it flows with milk and honey here. Here is its fruit. The fruit that they have brought. Now, I think by now we're, we're understanding a little bit of something here. Same trip. They all took the same trip. They all, did the, they all went with the same purpose. They all went with the, to the same place. But two come back with faith and ten come back with negative. And, and let, let me just say something to you on that. It's easier to be negative than to be a person of faith. It's easier. And I'll tell you in a minute why it's easier. Now, what is the difference between the two and the ten? I believe the difference is very simple. We see things, a lot of times we see things not as they are. A lot of times we see things as we are. These people were exposed to the same thing. 
But some of them saw it in one way, some of them saw it in another way. It's like you put two people in the same room, in the same place, in the same situation, one of them, and then you ask them separately, what did they think about something that they experienced? One of them is going to say one thing, the other one most likely will say something else. And it's because a lot of times we don't see things because of we don't see what they are, but we see things as we are. So if I'm trusting a person, I see a person uh, that probably, if I trust a person, I see a person that's probably trusted, it's probably because I see that person that way. If I am suspicious of a person, I probably look at you and I have some suspicions about you. We see others most of the time the way we are. And that's why it's important for us to grow in our faith. We see things as we are, not as they are. So that's, uh, that, that's why two people can be in the same place and have different ideas about what they see. A second thing that I want to do, an obser- a second observation that I want to uh, do in this passage is, um, you, you notice here in what we're going to read in verse 28, that they quickly turn the conversation from positive to negative. Quickly turn the conversation from positive to to negative. Remember I mentioned it's easier to be negative than to be positive? They quickly did that. It didn't take too long. Uh, check, check verse 28. Look at verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful. So they're, they're, here they are and they say, Moses, we're back. That we just we saw the land. We saw it's true. It's uh, honey and milk are flowing out of this place. And this is the fruit. It's great. But... Notice the but there. But, anytime you have a conversation with a person and everything is going good, and they go, but, you know, what are you you expecting? There's the negative coming. But, the people who live there are powerful. Wasn't their God more powerful than these people? Wasn't God the one telling them He was giving them to go take over the land? They're like, no, no, they're so powerful in the cities. It's not just the, it's just not, it's not just the people that are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. That's what negativism does. A lot of times it exaggerates things. You know, can you believe that? They are big. They are fortified. They are large. We, we even saw the descendants of Anak. Talking about big guys, giant guys. I don't know. I, 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 don't always, I always wonder, how would I look next to one of those? And it strikes me. Now, now they've shown through the land. They've seen everything. But now it strikes me how negative and how quick they become negative. It has been said in a study that was done years ago. The one negative person easily transferred the negativism to 24 people like that. One person. It takes one person to turn 24 people into negative people. And it takes 18 positive people to turn one negative person into a positive. It's amazing what fear does. When you're afraid, when you are fearing, when you don't trust in God... 
you're in trouble. Because fear is going to eat you up. People who feeds their fears, a lot of times they begin to exaggerate things. Which brings me to the third point. Point number three. People who feed their fears, not just, they don't just become negative because of their fear. But they build on the negative story and make it even sound even worse than what it is. Have you ever talked to a negative person? No, no, it's not just like, it's not just like, uh, you know, there's a little spot there in the carpet. Oh, there's a huge spot there in the carpet. And when you see that huge spot, it looks, it's very noticeable. It's not just noticeable. You know, to take it out, you're going to have to use this chemical. And if you don't use the right chemical, and if you rip the carpet, and you're going to see the bottom part of the floor, it's worse. There's termites. And, and so, a lot, of negative, a lot of times, negative people just tend to exaggerate. Look at verse 28 and 20, 28 and 29. They go like, so, in verse, in verse 20, 28, um, they were already being, they turned into negative. And verse 29 and 28, worse yet. So it's not, so it's not just bad. It's worse yet. We saw the descendants of the giant Anak, the, Am- the Am- Amalekites, are spread out in the Negev, Hittites, Hebusites, and the Amorites. They hold on to the hill country. And the Canaanites are established. So they already saw this whole thing. And instead of saying, this is what God is giving us? We're going to have faith. We're going to trust in the Lord. No, no. They're looking at all this and their fear is like, oh, we can do this. Oh, look at these guys. They're well positioned. Oh, these guys are, these guys know what they're doing. There's no way 2023 will be able to conquer. It's too much. It's too much. And they were so and so they were building on the negative. Now, now you can see the negative picture is getting back, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Feed your fears, and you will always see the problem and not the promise. Feed your fear, and you will always see the problem and not the promise. It's interesting how a lot of times we encounter people that are always seeing the problem and not the solution. That's fear. And that brings brings us to point number four. Because of their fear and because of their negativism, they reject the encouragement in the face of others. They reject the encouragement. So there were the two that were positive trying to come and say, hey, you know what? Things are going to be good. Things are going to be okay. God is going to give us the land. Let's go take it. Let's go take it. Instead of saying, oh, okay, okay, let's go take it then. We'll follow you. You lead us. So, so again, not only do people who feed their fears see the same opportunities, the people of faith, but they're also exposed to the same things uh, of people of faith. And they are often brought back to the faith perspective or a positive perspective. And yet still doesn't have an impact on them. Because in verse 30, it says that Caleb, who was one of the guys who was positive, who had faith in God. Caleb interrupted them when they were being negative, And they were like, no, there's no way we're going to conquer it. And Caleb said, wait a minute. 
Wait a minute, verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. In other words, Caleb said, you know what, be quiet. What are you guys talking about? A lot of times, I tell you, if you hang out too much with a negative person, sometimes you got to take courage and say, be quiet. Stop being negative. That thing robs on you really easy. Really easy. Now believe it or not, but Scripture is clear on that. Caleb says, silence the people, and he silenced the people before Moses and says, we should go up and take possession. So in other words, we should have faith. Faith is trusting in God. We should have faith, we should trust in God, and we should go take possession of the land so we can certainly do it. Caleb, all Caleb is doing, he's not wishful thinking here. All Caleb is doing is Caleb is saying, God said this is for us. So guess what? It belongs to us. Let's go take it. We can certainly do it. So, so he interrupted them. He said, let's go up. But a person of fear says no. Here is Caleb saying, we can do it. Here is a person of fear saying, no, we cannot do it. This is a great, this, this is great what we're going to do, what we're thinking about it. No, this, it's not good. What if? What if? What if? And the if hasn't, hasn't even happened. But a lot of times when you have more fear, because you feed your fears, you always see that, but what if? So Caleb said, we can do it. And then another person says, no, it's not going to happen. We cannot do it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. That's what fear does. If you feed your fears, this is what, this is what you can experience. And you have to examine yourself. Am I, am I a person like that? Or am I a person who's feeding my faith? And by faith I'm trusting. I'm believing that God has a promise that He's going to fulfill in my life. How many, how many times have I heard stories of people trying to develop their own business? And they never, they never went forward with it. You know why most people don't go forward with it? They're afraid. It's fear. But then you get them when they're older and you tell them, you know, uh, is there anything you regret not doing in your whole life? I heard this many times. People saying, I regret not taking chances. I regret... Not risking more. Do you think when I have gone to plant seven churches, you think I know for sure it's going to work? I've gone to a place where there's nobody there. But i got to take a risk because i got to believe God has people that He wants to save. And I'm going to go and share the gospel with them. I got to believe God has a purpose, a plan. But there's always somebody around there saying, No, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than us. 
Now, now, you see the difference between a person of faith and a person of fear in this story? The difference between a person of fear and a person of faith in this story is that the person of faith can go to the promised land today. You can go to the promised land today and the person of fear will wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years and never see what God's best is for their life. Because these people, because they didn't believe, did they see God's best for their life? No, the Bible says that they die in the desert. person of faith can see God's promise in their life. person of fear can miss that because of their fear over their faith over on God. Number five. And this is probably, number five is probably the worst about people of fear. Number five is that they exaggerate, but they don't just exaggerate. Remember what I, what, what I said before, the one person, will, will, one person will, will turn how many into negative people? Twenty-four. The worst part about being having fear and being negative, is that they exaggerate and they instill fear in others. They, they put that same fear that they have, they put it in other people. What happened here is that they begin to talk about their fears, and the more they talk about their fears, the more they talk about those fears, the more the fear begins to be contagious and it begins to spread. There's no worse thing than when a person is spreading fears, spreading negativism. There's no worse thing than that. Then you're going against the current. You're trying to do great things for God. And you're going against the current. Imagine if that happens in your house. You're trying to get your kids, you're trying to lead your kids one way. And then your partner, your husband, your wife is trying to go the other way. And you're like, no, this is the way God wants us to go. And the other person says, no, that's not the way God wants us to go. No, I want to take the kids to church. No, I don't want you to take them to church. No, I want to do this with the kids. No, I don't want you to do that with the kids. It's a horrible thing to go against the current constantly. And in verse 31 it says, But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, We cannot attack those people. Um, Verse 32 uh, then they spread scary rumors among the people. So they were contagious. Uh, they, they, were, they were basically instilling fear in others, being contagious with their fear. We scattered the land from one end to the other. And it is, watch what they said. It is a land, the land that we explore devours those living in it. Have you ever seen land devouring people? No, you haven't. Have you, oh, have you ever have you ever walked by with a friend or something like that, and all of a sudden your friend, the land does that? Has has it ever happened to you? They were exaggerating, and they were putting this into other people, and they're like it devours those living those those living in it. All the people we saw there, they're of great size. They're huge. So for them, God was not as huge as these guys. Isn't that amazing? i never seen any of this happen. 
This is amazing. The lion swallows, devours people. Number six. People with fear. And, and I want you to pay attention to this one good. People of fear have a very poor self-image of themselves. Did you know that? People of fear, there's things that they need to work in their life. Especially emotionally, mentally, and spiritual things. Because they don't have a very good image of themselves. That, that is a reality we cannot ignore. If you have a poor image of yourself, you got to see yourself as God sees you. You got to learn to see yourself the way God sees you. And you know what? God sent His only begotten Son to die for you. That means you're a person of value. If you don't believe that, you're in trouble. I, I am a person of value because He died for me. Not because there's value in me, but because He puts that value in me. That's why. People of fear usually have a very poor self-image of, them, of themselves. Because what happens is that their fears, the fears that they have out, out of life and others, begin to project on themselves. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. The, what happens is that the fears that they have out of life and others begins to project in themselves. Notice, notice in verse 33. And we got it right here. We got it right here. Verse 33. We saw the Nephilims. They're the descendants of Anak. So th these were huge guys. These were giants, they call them. And, and notice what it says in the red letters right there. Re read that with me. It says what? We seem like in their eyes. Have you ever paid attention to that? When you read this before, have you ever paid attention to that? They're not saying, they saw us. Or they talk about us. We were short, we were little, we were... No, no. It says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They were not valuing themselves the way God valued them. They were the people of God. They were the people who that land belonged to them. And a lot of times, when we are so negative, when we have so much fear, we have such a poor image of ourselves. And that's the way we see ourselves. And that's the, way, that's the reason a lot of people be, tend to victimize themselves. Have you ever met somebody that's, that, that, that likes to do that? It's a hard thing to talk to people like that. I'm always the victim. And poor me. Look at me. I can never get it right. No, you know what? That's not the way God sees you. Please. Get the victim mentality out. And become and start feeding your faith. And be the champion the way David was. You know, when David was feeding his faith, he encouraged the whole army to go and fight against the enemy. And when he came to fight, what did they say? What is this little kid going to do against Goliath? 
but he had faith. He was not a victim. Oh, I'm a little kid. Oh, I only, I only took care of the sheep. And that. Now, David didn't do that. So please don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. That's not good. Don't see yourself like a grasshopper, a grasshopper in your own eyes. Don't do that. And wow, uh, when you feed your fears, you look at you look at yourself not capable of many things. I I just can't do that. I'm not capable. You know you know these people that go to the Olympics. You know one of the things that Argentina just world won the world championship, right? You you all know that. I talk enough about it. You know one of the things that they lost the very first game against the weakest team in the whole in the whole tournament. And they lost it. And 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 their captain Messi came up and said, "We believe in ourselves." But above all, he said, "The gift that I have, it's not mine." He said, "The gift that I have, God gave it to me." God gave it to me. He said those words. I was like, "What?" He said, and they asked him, so when you scored the goal and you go like this, what are you doing? I'm saying, I'm thanking God. He gave me the gift. He's made, he made me capable. You know, the, you know that they, didn't, they couldn't even believe that he can become a soccer player because he had a problem with his growth hormone. He was so little. He had to get injections for years so he can grow normal. You know what normal is? He's exactly my size. That's normal that, that, to, to us. <laughs> but um, he believed and he said, he said to the reporter, I'm just going to ask you guys, believe, believe we can do it. When you have a poor image of yourself, you don't see yourself capable of many things. What things can you accomplish when you feed your faith? When you believe that God has the best yet to come. Fitting your fears will make you a pessimist. Always doubting. Is this really going to be? Is it really going to happen? Fitting your faith will move you forward. You have a whole year in front of you right now. We've gone from giants to grasshoppers now in this story. We feel like they look down on us. Can you imagine... Can you imagine how they were, and not just that, but it says that they were put in the same emotions and feelings in other people. Number seven, number seven, people, are, people of fear contaminate others with their fears. Chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. That night, now notice, only ten came back like that negative, right? But now it's not only ten. All the members of the community, those ten had contaminated the others. All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses. The whole crowd was now negative. Only two people were on the positive. Only two people and their families. You know... You know who were the only people who saw the promised land 40 years later? The ones that have faith. 
all these people, they were grumbling, they were complaining, and they were saying in verse 2, it says that they were grumbling against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if, we, if only we had died in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. They were being mistreated. They were praying in Egypt. So, God, can you please take us out of here? And God did. And now that God did, they're complaining. Talking about being negative. It was raining yesterday, Pastor. It was raining so bad. Oh, today is so hot. Come on. Why is the Lord, he, they said, why is the Lord? Now they're blaming God for their misfortune, according to them. There was no misfortune. They saw it that way because you see things the way you are. And until you don't realize or you don't accept that truth, you're not going to change that in your own life. So I feel sorry for people when they, they cannot see things in, the ne- in a positive way. Because they struggle with that. And they will struggle with that their whole life. Why is the Lord bringing us uh, to, to, to the land, to this land, only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be, will be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? That's amazing. I, I just can't imagine them saying that to Moses. And, and so, j- just to finish really quick, I can talk... A lot more about this this story here, but let, let's let's finish it up. Uh, we're gonna have several lessons here, and uh, we're gonna have three of them. Three lessons that we're gonna learn. We made some observations, so now let's learn some lessons here. Num- lesson number one: God doesn't want you to let fear decide your future. If you don't learn that from this lesson, I don't know what you're going to learn. But God doesn't want you to let your fear decide your future. Never never go into the future deciding on what's, what you're going to do, or what you're going to do, uh, what's going to happen based on your fears in life. Because that is exactly what happens in this story. And so what happens, uh, because they let fear control their future and make their decisions, what, what simply they wonder for the next 40 years in the desert. Because they let fear decide for their future. They let fear do this. And then they went and wandered for 40 years. They were at the border of the promised land. And now, God says, oh, you didn't believe in me? You let fear take over you? Go take a walk. Now, let me tell you one thing. When you don't trust in God, and God wants to teach you a lesson, God will make you go around and around and around. Do you know until when? You know when God is going to stop making you go around? When you are willing to trust in God. These people, can you, can you just believe this? In 40, they went around in, in an eight, eight circles, right? Can you imagine their kids? Their kids were probably, uh, are we there yet? Dad, mom, didn't we, where did, didn't we pass by this? 
place last year? Why are we here again? Because they let their fear decide for their future. And so as they were wondering, they were wondering, that they got to the place 40 years later. They got to the place, guess where they got to? Where did they arrive to? To the same place where they were 40 years ago. Now I'm in the same spot. Now I'm going to ask you. God says, take the land. So they got, a lot of times we just, I always tell people this. This is the way you live your life with God. You're either going to live your life like this. You're going to live your life like that. Or you're going to live your life like that. Eventually, God is going to bring you to where He wants to bring you. It's up to you how you get there. It's up to you how you get to where God wants to bring you. (laughs) Imagine the parents trying to explain the kids. Son, let me tell you the reason why we keep on going in circles, son. (laughs) Can you imagine the parents saying that? Well, kids, let me tell you the reason why we keep on going in circles is because we let fear control our decisions. And when fear ever controls your decisions, it, let me, let me, it's a wrong decision. Don't think twice about it. That's why the Apostle Paul says that if you do, if you do something doubting, don't do it. It's a sin. You gotta be convinced of what you do. Because you gotta trust in God that if God is telling you to do that, do it. If not, don't even move. Don't even do that. Now, how does these people, how, how, how do they, how, what, what, what happened? They feed their fears. That's exactly what they did. Number, a, a second, a second thing that I, a second lesson that I want us to learn on this is, um, people feed their fears when they forget their past. Uh, we can talk all day about this too. But I'm just going to say really quick. They forgot, got freedom from slavery. How, how long had it ha- ha- happened? How long ago was that before they were sent, they sent the spies? Anybody? How long do you think it happened from the time he freed them from Egypt to the time he sent the spies. Weeks. It had only been weeks. Maybe a couple of months. It had not been a long time. They had not been in the desert for too long. Maybe, maybe a year. Who knows? But it was, it was very little bit of time in comparison to 40 years. It was very little bit of time because people who feed their fears, because they feed their fears when they forget the past. God freed them from Egypt. God opened. Have you ever seen an ocean split? They saw the Red Sea splitting. They saw that. They walked through it. How can you not believe the rest of the story? How can you not believe a God who was ready to give you the land? 
And it's because they forgot their past. How often do you forget yours? Has God been faithful to you? You're still here. God has been faithful to you. So faithful to you. That is amazing. Lesson number three. They became satisfied with their present. The worst thing of a person is to say, ah, I'm okay. I don't need to do anything God tells me. I'll just show up to church, do what I have to do, be a church person, and show up, go. Show up, go, and then I should be fine. Same thing in your house. Same thing, same thing in your job. So there, there's something important to learn here. When God brings us to the place where He wants us to go forward and grow, when God brings us to the test and we decide we are not going to do that because of fear and we don't trust, and we don't trust in God, it's because we lack faith. And let me tell you, what God is going to do God will let you wonder until you learn. Yeah, God will let you wonder in your own wilderness until you're willing to trust in God. A lot of times we're going to fail, we're going to fall, we're going to fall on our face, we're going to bump our head. Well, God will say, keep on going. I'm watching over you, but I'll let you, I'll let you get some bumps. He'll let you wonder. I just hope you don't wait for 40 years. God took them right to the same place where they start. Fears over faith. Next week, I, 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 I want to ask you to finish with this. I, I, I really, really hope that you go and examine yourself this week. That when you leave through those doors, whichever door you leave through. Because if I say those doors, you might not walk through those. You might say, oh, I'm going to escape through the other one. No. Go home. Go on with your week, but think about. It, it's any of this stuff familiar to me? Am I letting my fears get the best of me? Or am I letting God in my life? leading next week we're going to talk about so how do you feed your faith because we're on a faith forward series these days so let's pray dear father we thank you so much Lord for so many blessings that you have given us Father, we don't want to forget our past because that proves what you have done for us over and over. But Lord, we, we, we need help. We all do. We all need help, Lord, in getting stronger in our faith. And we know we're only going to do that as we feed our faith and not our fears. 
Help us, Lord, this week to examine ourselves if we are living in a way that we're feeding more our fears than our faith. Holy Spirit, and we're just asking, Holy Spirit, for you to guide our hearts. To show us in the Scripture what we need to do to be able to feed our faith and become stronger stronger believers in 2023 and move forward through all the changes and transitions that we need to go in life. In our personal lives, in our family lives, in our church life. Faith over fear. We want to trust you, Lord. In your name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.